Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey, greetings. Damian Mason here. Thanks for joining me on the Do Business Better podcast. Got a great guest today because he's actually a friend of mine. We are kindred spirits, if you will. His name is Joe Calloway. Joe Calloway is a speaker, author. But the reason he and I have so much in common goes way beyond the fact that we also write books and talk for a living. Joe Calloway is a business-minded former dairy farm kid just like me. He's from the uh, uh, Nashville area. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee now, and he was from a Jersey farm, which wouldn't mean anything to you unless you're like he and I, both dairy farm kids. So we've always had that in common. We've always gotten along. And my favorite moment came when Joe Calloway defended me in front of a critic that was in a round table who said, uh, they keep saying that you're a former comedian. This guy was Australian. They keep saying you're a former comedian. You don't seem funny to me. And we weren't even talking about comedy, we were talking about business. And Joe Calloway intervened and said, hey, you know what, we're not here to talk about whether Damien's funny or not. Trust me, he's stupid funny. Uh, we're here to talk about business. And let's get back to the point. So Joe Calloway and I are such kindred spirits, he even took up for me. Joe Calloway, welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. Wouldn't be anywhere else, my friend. So anyway, I gave the description. Uh, what else? What did I forget there about you, me, our background? More importantly, what you do, what you did, and all that. I, I think you know. I think you're a smart guy because I agree with you on just about everything. And uh, I think we both get frustrated when we look at people in business, or people starting businesses, or people that are struggling, or maybe successful and want to be better. I think you and I, based on what's in our books, I mean, you can read them and a lot of the same things frustrate us. I just want to slap my head at some of the stuff that people do or some of the things they don't do that they ought to be doing. Okay. So real quickly to bring our listeners up to speed, uh, you're a little further down the line than me. You're in your early sixties and you have been at this for a long, long time, but you used to be in sales. Am I right? You had your, you had your sales job. Uh, so kind of take me back there and how this whole thing got going. Cause now you've, you've authored what four books that I've seen. I've seen, books. I've seen the leadership mindset. I've seen category of one. Uh, uh, you gave me another one. What's the other one? Uh, be the best of what matters most work. Like you're showing off indispensable. Um, uh, oh, I don't remember the names of all of them. But all right, so so you've written some books. You've written some good books. The one that stood out to me was category of one yeah. you said, in your business if they see you as one of a gazillion, then the only thing that separates you is price. And then you're out there competing against on price. Uh, right. if, if you're a category of one, a lot of folks then say, Oh, I'm just going to be so different. All I'm going to do is concentrate on being different, 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 different. And then you and I both agree, well, different isn't always better. Uh, you know, your friend Scott McCain used the illustration. If you go to the dentist, he comes in and hits you with a sledgehammer to knock you out instead of using, uh, you know, using uh, uh, chemicals, then that's different, but it's probably not better. So essentially, you've always had this thing about be better. Is that right? Yeah, to me, business is about delivering value. If you can deliver better value than the next guy, then, then uh, ultimately you're, you're likely to win. I mean, good gosh, you can put on a funny hat and you're different. Uh, it's, it, different doesn't matter unless... Part of the different is better. 
uh, being different for the sake of being different could get you short-term attention. But if, if the, I mean, you know, it's funny. It's like people talk about that. I just need a cherry to put on top of the cake. What's the cherry that'll differentiate me. And I come back and say, make a better cake, dude. If you're, if you're making the best cake and it's at a price that, that is perceived as, as value by the buyer, then you're in business. Uh, if you're not making a better cake, then you've got to cut your price to compete. Yeah. And, and being different is, you know, I've always been a little different and I always marketed myself that I was different. And I, I guess it dawned on me maybe 15 years into my racket because I was, you know, I used to be a political com- comedian and all this. And yeah, I, I stood out a little differently from everybody else. That was good, but it wasn't the reason I got hired because it was different, but also the program worked. And then I used to say the word unique. And then when someone taught me the word unique and what its real definition is, I think unique is, is, really something that none of us really are, because that means you're, you're almost uncomparable. Yeah. I mean, I look at what I've done for a million years. I'm a, I've always been a general business speaker in different areas. In the last few years, I've focused on leadership and that's, that's what I'm doing now with very, very, very small groups. But Damien, there's, there's a million people out there that are general business speakers. Yeah. Uh, and so what I've got to do is come to the table uh, and, and my, the, the way I create differentiation is by, under, I, I do a really good job of understanding my clients and their business and what their challenges are. And then I give them actionable solutions to those problems. Um, and I've got to be really good at that because my competitors are really good at that. I mean, and you and I both know who a lot of my competitors are. Some of them are my best friends. And they're really good at what they do. Yeah, so you, I got to be better all the time. I don't have any choice. You've moved into a cons- consultation sort of a role now where you sit down with uh, the C-level suites of companies and you do these hash sessions or yeah. t- what's that? Because what? You, you came up with this idea that we're going to make you better as an organization. I'm going to work with just the leaders of the organization. What's the, what happens in those sessions? What happens with those sessions is, is I set the agenda and it generally follows a lot of my principles. It's almost like you could take chapters out of one of my books, but I, the preparation has been to go pretty deep and understand what their challenges are what their opportunities are, what's top of mind for them. And Damien, the cool thing is I'm usually working. No, not usually. I'm always working with people that are, they're really good at what they do and their businesses are doing well. I'm not a turnaround guy. I'm not a rescue guy. I can't, I don't go in and save a business that's struggling or going under. I don't know how to do that, but I do know how to work with people that are already really, really good at what they do and, and help them bump it up a notch. Yeah. So and the so- difference there is, you know, what the, the old show was, what the bar rescue where the guy went into these places yeah. that were kind of complete disasters and he was kind of in your face and said, you've got this going on and they're doing drugs in the bathroom and blah, 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 blah. And we're going to straighten this out. Uh, those were turnarounds or saviors, if you will. And then there's the turnaround people that, you know, there's a company buyers, there's venture capitalists that just go around trying to buy, companies that are in absolute distress and then turn them around. You're saying, I want to work with the, the leadership of this company and they already do a pretty damn good job. 
But this is yeah. like the studs. There were already studs on the team, and then they're also going to get an extra training. And now they're just trying to get even that much better. Is that kind of what we're talking about? It's exactly what we're talking about. Somebody told me once, said, you've got a stupid business model because my tagline at the time, and I still use it, Joe Calloway helps successful companies be even better. And he said, there's a much bigger market if you help lousy companies be even better. And I said, yeah, but lousy companies don't hire guys like me. It's only the really good companies that are smart enough to want to get better that will hire me. So that's my market is people that are very good at what they do. Yeah. So you're finding folks that are already doing it. All right. You've got some tenants, if you will, chapters in your book, the leadership mindset that I like first one you already talked about it. Leaders create value. Uh, okay. Leaders don't say, Hey, we're just going to be different. Leaders say, what can we do to actually, now we saying create value for themselves. That way they're unfireable or create value for the organization. Well, it depends on who you're talking to. I mean, if I'm an employee, let me tell you something. My father-in-law is a great example. He's retired now, but years ago, he was working for TVA, Tennessee Valley Authority. And TVA hit a point where they were cutting back. They were letting a lot of people go. My father-in-law had taken every optional training course that they had offered. And he knew how to do so many things that every time it came to looking at him, they said, we can't let him go. Yeah. The guy knows how to do too many things that we need. Yeah. So the old thing, the old thing there was he created value for himself. So he was unfireable, which is a, a good thing. Then there's the reason that you guys say we create value for our clients. In other words, our customers, we make it so that they want to do business with us every day, not because we're just different because we're the place with a, a cherry on the top, but because we make money for them. Yeah. Not only that, I want to create value for my clients because I, I'm not good at cold calling. I've never cold call. I hate the idea of it. I don't want to do it. I'd rather starve. So what I'd rather do is do such a good job that all my customers are out there telling all the potential customers what a great job I did. Because look, if you, there are so many business owners that tell me how great they are. I don't care. I don't, I'm not interested in your opinion about how great you are. You don't get a vote. The only one that gets a vote is the marketplace. Now, if the marketplace, if your customers tell me how good you are, then you got something. Right. And, and so the goal is to have your customers telling your story. And the way you do that is by being so good at what you do that they become evangelists and they're out there spreading the word. Yeah. So, uh, I like that whole concept because now your, your whole customer base becomes your marketing department. Uh, the only thing is your customers eventually go away. They die. They, uh, they change jobs. They don't need your product anymore. Not because of anything you did wrong. What do you do to keep bringing in more customers? Just, just, just gonna keep doing a good job. I guess. Yep. That's exactly it. People say, what's your marketing plan? And look, it's, of course you've got it. You've got to get the word out there. You're doing, by the way, I think a great job of that right now with, with your business. Cause you're, you're everywhere, which is exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. I, well, you, you, you say that, but you know, I wrote the book, do business better. And by the way, dear listeners, it's time for your commercial break. Pick up a copy of do business better. I got some great accolades today, by the way, a guy named Chad that drives a lot. He's, in, he's selling in his new role with his new company. He's just on the road, beating the bushes, trying to make sure that he's serving his customers. He has listened to my audio book five times. There you go. 
And he said, well, I can't really take notes and it's, it's good stuff. So I just listened to it five times while I'm driving. And then he said the, the best comment, and I've gotten this a lot, Mr. Calloway, I've gotten this really wonderful comment from a bunch of people. He said, I like the straightforward, direct, simple approach. Uh, and I'm like, well, that's the only thing I know how to do. I, I, I don't have a PhD in making stuff complicated. I have a, uh, I, I have a real straightforward, let's just simplify this stuff. And, and that's the thing. And so you talk about putting the word out. There's only one way I know how to continue to let people know that I'm here and I've got something for you. And that's to tell the world I do it. Well, I'll tell you what, and going back to how you replace customers, and is the answer to do a good job? Yeah, that's exactly the answer. Because as long as you create better value than your competition, uh, that customer base is going to regenerate itself. And it's going to bring new blood in all the time. Because, God, there is, there is no advertising, there is no marketing that, that you or I can do that can touch the power of a customer base that is telling your story and talking to other people about either the product you sell, the service you perform. That by the way, was another one of my books, magnetic, the art of, uh, the art of attracting business. And the, the whole book is, is about that. I've, I've built my whole career on that. Uh, if it weren't for my customers talking about me, I'd be out of business. Yeah. Now, of course, I do believe you've got to have a degree of marketing and promotion and no matter what yeah. your business is. I, I absolutely agree. Because there are people that have no idea who you are. They'll, they'll, they'll do business with you when they've heard about you a third time, the first time from you, the second time from you, the third time from their best buddy that they didn't even realize had also done business with you. So there's a little, I always say word of mouth is an insult to the established business person because you didn't get word of mouth uh, just because a canary flew by and like was, was spouting it. You earned that. That's, that's reputation that you have well-deserved. Yeah. Positive word of mouth. Uh, you, <laughs> you got to work for that. Yeah. You can't, you can't spin the wheel and, and, and have it happen. All right. Talking to Joe Calloway, my buddy from Tennessee, former dairy farm kid, business guy, his latest book, The Leadership Mindset. He talks about what good leaders do. And this matters to you, whether you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, business owner, business person, person that wants to start their own company, whatever you are doing right now, if you want to be better at it, you'll be a good leader. I don't have a lot of employees, but my wife works with me and occasionally I have hired help that works with me. And you yeah. said something real smart. And you and I both agree on this. Leaders simplify the complicated. I think a great compliment is when folks say, you know, your book, Do Business Better, Damien, a lot of that stuff's not really heady, advanced stuff. I mean, it's smart and it's good ideas, but it's pretty simple. And I said, yep, I can live with that all day long because most of what it takes to succeed in business is not that complicated. It's pretty simple. Let me tell you something. If, if people were saying, you know, I read Damien's book. It, it's, it's, it's good. It's really complicated, but th then you're going backwards. <laughs> Here's the thing. It, listen, any knucklehead can make stuff complicated. Making something complicated is easy. Any of us could do it all day long. Taking something that is perceived as complicated and making it simple, that takes some smarts. That really takes some creativity and some brains. And I think it's a core leadership responsibility. Listen, I was talking with one of my clients this morning 
And he said, let me tell you, we've been working together for eight months now. He said, the single best idea I got from you is to go back and look at every facet of our business and simplify. Because we were talking about simplifying Mm -hmm. a number of months ago. And he said, well, what should I simplify? And I said, everything, Mm -hmm. everything, everything, everything. Absolutely. if that you can simplify and from a pure business standpoint to the extent that you can be easy to do business with, that's a huge differentiator. This marketplace loves, I mean, just stupid loves anybody that can make something easier to understand, easier to access, easier to buy, easier to use. Holy cow, amazon.com. I rest my case. Yeah, isn't it interesting, Joe, that uh, I've been putting this out since before Amazon.com, since before the internet. I was probably in my 20s when I was at a restaurant, let's say. I was just trying to pay. And it took 10 minutes, and I kept saying, no, can I, can I, I, I know you, I know, well, you, you got to go over here, and you got to do this, and you got to wait on that. And I said, you know what? A friend of mine and I went to Cracker Barrel. Now I know that they're, they're all over that where you live and uh, you think old people like cracker barrels. And this friend of mine was in his seventies and he got so frustrated that he had to walk into the general store. Cause all he wanted to do is hand his money or to our waitress and then hit back on the road. Cause we had somewhere to go down the interstate. And then we had to go in and stand next to the whorehound candy and next to the Glenn Campbell CDs and then jump over the moon and then wait until the right person came on staff. And then wait until this manager come over and swipe their card because it turns out the cash register needed to be rebooted and blah, blah, blah. And it was 15 minutes. He got so frustrated. He just grabbed a person in, a, in an apron. And this is an old man that should love Cracker Barrel and said, Hey, you know what, ma'am? Here's, uh, whatever it was, $20, let's say for a $16 tax, here's $20. I, I don't give a damn how you handle it. I'm walking out of here because mm-hmm. I've, I've, you've already taken 10 minutes time. And that's, that's the same thing. That is not simplifying anything when you make customers work at paying you. Listen, and you know what else we do is those of us, and there's, I mean, every business of every type now has a website. We, we make it too hard for people to understand what it is that we do, what it is that we're trying to sell. I mean, there are websites of clients of mine years past. I'll go on their website and I'll think, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I truly don't understand what you do. Listen, I went to my own website. This was a good five years ago, but I looked at my website and I thought, I don't see how anybody does business with me. I've added so much crap. I've tried to, yeah, and we do this and we do this and we do this. Damien, one of my favorite, favorite quotes, and I, I, can't, I think it's in my Keep It Simple book, but I don't remember who said it. It's, it's not me. I would credit the author if I could remember. You're not finished when you've added all that you can add. You're finished when you've taken away all that you can take away. Holy moly, I love that quote. Oh, that's a good quote. That's a good quote. And you talk about websites, and since you and I are business people, we're business advisors. We teach people how to do business better, obviously. Uh, My own website, we had a problem where it was too um, all over the place. And then we redid it. And I said, let's just tell Lori. And so she and I handled this with our our woman that does our graphics and whatnot. I said, let's just, you get there, and it says, what is it? It's straight talk with a humorous edge about the two subjects he knows best business and agriculture. Yep. Uh, I've got, uh, and, and then so and it's like, click here 
If you want more business points, click here. If you want more agricultural points. And that's kind of how we did it. Now I've gotten feedback that this is a struggle for searching because there's not enough keywords. So apparently now the advice is we're supposed to go in and type up documents after documents and put them in there that say all these other th things about us. And I'm conflicted because like you, I want that website to be very simple. When a person gets there, uh, they say, what's this guy do and how can he help me? Because they care about themselves. Well, let me tell you, and that is a conflict because the whole keyword thing is a very real issue. Well, every business person listening right now has got a website and they're saying, oh crap, I didn't think of this. I mean, if you are out here selling uh, widgets, you've got a website and now are you saying I got to simplify or I got to make it so that there's more descriptor words? Well, you can do both. You can simplify and use the descriptor words that are most likely to drive searches. For my market, the people that go to my website, nine out of 10 of them, I would bet, at least the ones that truly are qualified potential customers for me, nine out of 10 of the ones that go there already know who I am. Mm -hmm. They didn't find me on a search machine. They've read the book right. and said, okay, now I'm gonna go to his website. Or somebody has talked to him and said, yeah, we used him, he did a good job, you ought to check it out. So. Very few of my customers come to me through a search machine. Almost everybody that hires me, I'll say, how did you hear about me? And it's our CEO read your book. Yep. Um, somebody, somebody used you for one of their leadership meetings and told us about it. So I'm getting them already a little bit warm when they come to me. But if you're getting them cold, yeah, that search machine factor is a real deal. All right, Joe Calloway, author of The Leadership Mindset, you've got another point that I agree with wholeheartedly. You said leaders take action and respond quickly. And I agree with this. I have a, my own chapter in my own book called Pull the Trigger. Yep. Uh, you and I didn't get to where we are by being complacent uh, or by sitting around saying, well, you know, one of these days I'm thinking about doing this. Maybe someday if this were to happen and this, and these people build up this whole thing that I can't do something now because I need to go ahead and get this. And then before this, and then the next thing you know, it's 10 years down the road, nothing's changed. You're about taking action. Tell me about that. Or, or what are you talking about in my business? Well, leaders take action. What do they get wrong? Because apparently I think that I think there's a lot of stuff that if I look at a business and I say, God, you know what they need to do right now? They need to make some changes. They need to take action. And here's the deal. I want to, I want to go back to what you just said about the people that think about it forever. I've got a good buddy that his favorite saying, and he actually wrote a book with this title. <laughs> I love this one. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing wrong. And the problem with most people is they say, well, I'm not going to do it until I know it's going to work. Yeah. And so you think about it and you talk about it and you think about it, and you talk about it some more and you think about it and you probably never do it, which is an opportunity lost. And, and my buddy Ar Arnie Malham, worth doing wrong is the name of the book. But, but Arnie's thing is do it, do it wrong, then do it better. And that's what an entrepreneur does. They, they put it out to the marketplace knowing that this is, particularly when you're starting out, this is partially, sometimes even largely, an information gathering exercise. Yeah. I'm, here's my, listen, oh my gosh, I pulled the trigger so fast. Damien, I don't think about stuff enough before I pulled the trigger. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's, yeah. it, Jeez, I'm, I'm like with a machine gun sometimes. Plus, I'm in love with the next idea. So one of my weaknesses 
You don't stick with one thing long enough? Follow through. Mm. Because it's like squirrel, new idea. I love the next idea, sometimes to a fault, but I know that about myself so I can temper that because I keep an eye on it. Uh, you work with a lot of organizations and you're working more on leadership now. Everybody listening to this web, this, this podcast, they, they run their own business in some fashion. They work in business. Uh, they can learn something from your wisdom. What do organizations get wrong? What one thing that you see repeatedly, you're like, don't do this. Uh, well, the one we were just talking about, certainly not taking, uh, not, not taking action soon enough, not taking action and, and thinking about things way, way too long. I think, and, th- and this of course goes with that. And it's part of what we were just talking about. I think they're unwilling to risk in, in the leadership mindset. I quote a bank CEO. It's a bank that I've been working with for quite a while. This is a bank. It's a bank for Pete's sake. He was doing a, public presentation uh, here in Nashville, and he was asked the question, how many of the things that you try at this bank, how many of them work? And he said, probably about 50%. It's a bank. Right, right. And, and yet they're willing. Now, obviously, he's not talking about fiduciary responsibility stuff. It's a very sound, successful bank but they're constantly trying new things. And he's perfectly, he says, if 50% of what we try isn't working, then we're playing it way too safe. We're not being nearly creative enough. And so I think that we don't, that, that a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs uh, don't risk enough. Right. They need to take a few more chances. They need to take a few, realize there's probably less risk than they actually believe. Uh, you, you know, they probably believe it's riskier than it is and they're just not trying new things. Is that the idea? Yeah. You, you, I mean, in this marketplace, you got to try new stuff or you're, or you're dead in the water. I think another mistake and man, you talk about fundamental and we touched on this earlier too. I think people, People assign way too much value to what they sell and what they do. And and they overestimate the value of what they do. Uh, And they 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 can't understand why the market's not responding because the market doesn't see the value. That's why. Right. You think it's... They they, they they value they they love what they do so much that they can't see that nobody else loves it. Yeah, and I mean, I, my gosh, Damien, we could we could go another three hours, and I could just list all the stuff over the years that I tried that I thought was the greatest idea in the world. Not only that, all my, all my friends told me it was the greatest idea in the world. Companies that I worked with, speakers bureaus. Oh, Joe, that's a great idea. You got to do that. And so I rolled it out. Crickets. Yeah. Nothing. Nobody bought it. Right. Yeah. So that's that's fantastic, right there. I think we can leave it on that one. Uh, I'll give you your closing thoughts. Joe Callaway, author of his latest book, The Leadership Mindset. He works with leaders of companies that want to that are already successful, but want to be even more so. Last piece of advice you'd give to any business person that wants to get better at what they do. You know, this is, this is, this is really going to be odd kind of coming from the, you and me, but the reason, the reason you get booked a lot um, is people value the information 
they also like you and they like the way you deliver it. Uh, having the people that do business with you like doing business with you is one of the greatest tiebreakers that exist. If price is equal, if perceived value is equal, and yet, you know, I don't know. I just like working with Damien. I think we're going to go with Damien on this one. That's huge. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's always a challenge because, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you don't think that, uh, it's, what I've noticed and you watch other companies like this, they don't realize that that matters, but then they also are playing to the wrong person because sometimes it's not the owner. It's the owner's second in command that really matters. That's pulling the trigger on that. So I'd say what you just said is the tiebreaker, but also realizing that who the actual decision maker is. I've got, I won't go into what all three I'm more, but I've got three main tenants for my business. Number two is be easy and a pleasure to do business with. And that's made me more money than, than I can talk about. That's fantastic. This is the Do Business Better podcast. We went a little longer than usual because we had a guest that was so good and had so much to say. His name was Joe Calloway. Mr. Calloway, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Have me back. All right. Till next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast. <laughs>